Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it, get it, download, subscribe, and listen, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Rosie's Corner. As we record this, if you are in and around Central New York, make sure you pop in for Fish Friday today with your fries or mac and cheese. You can add some coleslaw to it. Pizza wing combos throughout for NFL playoff action. Plus, next week, they start right back with Meatloaf Monday, Turkey Slop Tuesday, Chicken and Biscuit Wednesday on Grubhub, on Facebook and Instagram, Rosie's Corner a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor right off the Bartell Road exit, Route 11 in Brewerton. And again, gift cards for every occasion. Huge, huge game tomorrow night. Bills hosting the Ravens, just under 7,000 fans again at Bills Stadium. The Bills are two wins away from the Super Bowl. Hard to believe that we're all saying that, but this team is really, really good. But this opponent could give the Bills a ton of trouble. Let's start talking about it right now with the YouTuber, the co-host of the Believe in Bills podcast with Aaron Williams. It's Dan Mitchell on Twitter, at RealDanMitchell, and of course uh, is a must-follow on all platforms uh, of social media. Dan, thanks for a few. Hey, man, I definitely appreciate you having me on. How you doing today? I'm great. Let, let's dive right into it. I mean, how, how do the Bills beat the Ravens? Oh, man, we're just diving right into the meat potatoes today, huh? Yeah, we are. Oh, uh, hey, man, listen, I can definitely appreciate that. So, realistically... What I want to preface this with, with each and every single Bills fan that could be listening to this right now, this is not going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. Not only is this the playoffs, this is the postseason, we are looking at a team that has the number one rush attack in the entire NFL, and they just so happen to be going up against our uh, very weak run defense. Right, So that obviously is a cause for concern for the Buffalo Bills. But at the end of the day... The Buffalo Bills' strength has not been defense, surprisingly, in 2020. We were expecting that to be the case. It is not. What's going to happen for the Buffalo Bills to win this game is is we need to go out there and have yet another stellar offensive performance from Josh Allen. And it sounds like a tough task to accomplish, but what a, a lot of people don't realize is fact that the Baltimore Ravens blitz more than anybody in the entire NFL, and we just so happen to have a quarterback that is the best quarterback in the NFL against the blitz. Now, as far as coverages are concerned, I mean, this Ravens secondary is no joke. They love man press. They're very physical. Uh, Marlon Humphreys, in general, leads the league in forced fumbles, no matter who he is matched up against. So it is going to be a tall task. But I have full confidence in the Buffalo Bills offense being able to run away with the game 
and we just need to hope that our Bills defense can cling on to the identity that they have brought on this year and hope that we can cause at least one or two takeaways. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie to you, I have a feeling that we are going to see a similar game that we saw last week where the Baltimore Ravens control time of possession, but the Buffalo Bills just make the most out of all of their possessions. Hence why I believe that we are going to win this game. Well, the one thing, too, is is when you look at the matchup and you, and you look at the Ravens and the Blitz against Allen and Lamar and the ground game and Edwards and Dobbins and all the like, you know, you can kind of, at one point or another, counter one thing with another, right? Like, the Ravens do this, the Bills don't. The Bills do this, uh, and this and this, the Ravens don't. The Ravens have this, the Bills... I mean, you can you can do that stuff all day in a matchup. The, the reality is there are eight teams left in the playoffs. The Bills are two wins away from the Super Bowl. And so, when you, when you look at it this way, if both teams play their A game... I kind of look at it like this this time of year. If both teams play their A game, who wins? And the answer is Buffalo, right? Of course, of course, of course. And so right now, honestly, like when Buff- when the Buffalo Bills are on, they're on. There's not a single team in the NFL that I believe can sincerely beat us. Now, I'm basically just going off of probability here. But so far in 2020, I've noticed that if the Buffalo Bills have a struggle game, right, uh, Perfect example would probably be the Chargers game. I would have considered that to be an ugly win. I would have considered this past Saturday an ugly win. But um, say that we're going off of probability and pure patterns, I really like the fact that the Buffalo Bills are going in. They have the playoff jitters out of the way. They have the monkey off their back of winning their first playoff game in 25 years. I really like where I think this team's head is about to be at. And it seems that for the most part we are relatively healthy I'm hoping we don't see Cole Beasley limping out there. Uh, but, yeah, for sure. I want, I 100% agree with you. On paper, the Buffalo Bills are a better team than the Baltimore Ravens. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. So in 2020, it was obviously just a remarkably different year. You know, no fans, all the weirdness, the protocols. We know all the words at this point. We know what happened. We don't need to describe it further than that. But my question for you is this. The Bills this year, the question repeatedly, whether it was prime time or it was Josh Allen or it was first playoff win or winning the division or whatever the question was, it fell under the compartment of can they handle it? Can they overcome it? Right? And they they answered the bell pretty much every single time. But the one thing we don't know is as the pressure cooked – 
as it got a little hotter, as they were doing more primetime games, as the national media was picking up more and more stories and doing more on Bills Mafia and more on Allen and more on Diggs, the fans weren't there. The road crowds weren't there. Does this year turn out any differently under normal circumstances? And you know, um, this is funny because I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and he was saying, Dan, what if the reason that our offense is so high-powered at this point is just because there were no fans in the stadium, that Josh Allen didn't have that additional pressure? Because Josh Allen's been interviewed in the past saying that um, a lot of the times he needs to get hit because there's so much adrenaline in there. And like that's just like the type of player that he is. But I, but I almost wonder if with that lack of crowd noise, whether or not that it's away crowds or whether or not that it's home crowds, that he's been able to dial in a bit more. But honestly, I don't necessarily believe that. I really think, and I know that this is a cliche take, but at the end of the day, the second that Stephon Diggs came to this team, this completely opened up Dable's playbook. yep. Whatsoever. The second that that wide receiver came onto our team, I think that gave Josh Allen that little bit more of confidence that he needed to take that next step. I really don't think that it has to do with the change of circumstances as far as spectators. I think it has all to do with the fact that uh, we have the personnel that can really take full advantage of what Dable has been wanting to do for the past two or three years. So, assuming that the weather is you know, light wind, maybe light flurries, etc., and that benefits the Bills. Obviously, if it's a whiteout, uh, the Ravens' ground and pound game, you know, the advantage goes to them even more, and the Bills just don't have a run game. But as the weather looks right now, how much do the Bills have to run the ball? Oh, oh man. <laughs> so to be honest with you, here's the thing. I mean, I am in the camp of believing never go away from what you do well, right? Last week on Saturday, probably my most frustrating part of that game was not the botched fumble call, was not the almost fumble from Josh Allen. The most frustrating part of that game for me this past Saturday was when the Buffalo Bills ran the ball three straight times and went three and out and had to punt. At this point, while I think that the Buffalo Bills can run on the Baltimore Ravens, I know that statistically their run defense is very good, uh, but I do believe that that, that that's skewed. They are uh, they are giving up 4.5 yards per carry. It's it's about the exact same as the Buffalo Bills. So this team can can run the ball. But when you look at our success rate in running the ball, I mean, what we had two games where we were able to actually have a game be like, damn. So Devin Singletary and Zach Moss did a fantastic job. Um, now with Zach Moss out and our only options potentially being T.J. Yeldon or a Devontae Freeman, who legitimately just ended up getting the playbook, what, four or five days ago? I think that, yes, we do need to run the ball, but at the end of the day, if we run at all, I have a feeling the majority of the rush yards are going to be from our quarterback. Because, really, at the end of the day, I, I would love for us to be able to run the ball, but I just don't have confidence that we can. If the Ravens somehow can shut down our passing game and they make us run, um, we're going to be in trouble. What's Brian Dable's future look like to you right now, considering that Robert Sala is now the head coach of the Jets and <clears throat> the enemy for some reason isn't getting as much love as he deserves? Um, there's going to be a couple of jobs that are going to just hold out till the end because they can. 
and they want to interview these guys who are in the postseason more, you know, not when they're <clears throat> focused on the the playoff games. But what do you see here with Dable? What's the crystal ball? Got it, got it. So I have a um, so I have two opinions here. One is a personal opinion, and one is a public facing opinion. My public facing opinion for potentially any team that could be listening to this, Dable is not ready, and I think he needs. Uh, to stay with Buffalo for another 10 years so we can properly develop you will find this later. But my public opinion is is that I think... <laughs> my public opinion is... Well, and my personal opinion is that, that I think um, while, while a lot of Bills Mafia was not happy with him the past couple of years besides 2020, um, I really think what he proved this year is just when he has the correct personnel... He can be a force to be reckoned with, especially when it comes to an offensive mind. I am definitely under the camp that we are not going to have Brian Dable next year for our offensive coordinator. I believe he's almost a shoe-in for at least a couple of jobs. If I was a gambling man, I, I most likely am going to say that he's going to go to the Chargers. I just think that his best opportunity is just to go and to sort of work with Justin Herbert. They have a lot of offensive weapons already. And I think that that would be the best fit for him. But, um, yeah, like, honestly, I definitely wish him the best. And I think that um, his best opportunity is going to go with a young quarterback and some weapons that he can work with already. You know, every single time there's a new regime, Dan, especially with the Bills because they brought in so much shit over the years, you you, you know, you question GM and head coach, why is this going to be different then Whaley, Rex, Dick Duran, Malarkey. I mean, we go bring in Marv back. I mean, we can go on and on and on with the GMs and the head coaches they've had. Yeah. But this regime's been completely different. And in the beginning, though, I'm sure you, like me, you had the same questions because it was the drought. It was Buffalo. They always screwed stuff up from the top on down. But now here we are and we know. McBean, this team is for real. It's legit. When did you feel, I'm all in on Brandon Bean, what moment was that? And what moment was it when you said, I'm all in on Sean McDermott? Got it. Believe it or not, it ended up happening this year in 2020. In okay. 2019, I was thrilled once we ended up going to the playoffs on a 10-6 and record. Uh, but the moments that I was all in on Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott was the Seattle Seahawks game. Because I had that pegged as a loss. I didn't know whether or not that we can keep up offensively with the Seattle Seahawks, our first four games. You know, we had a great run, and then we ended up losing to the Titans and the Chiefs. And then that's when I started like getting like, oh, my God, here we go again. But the second that the Buffalo Bills went out there and completely waxed the Seattle Seahawks, and once you end up looking at the end of the 2020 season, looking at we are completely completely dominating teams during a year where a lot of Bills fans were nervous because we had statistically the third hardest schedule in the entire NFL. When you can go through the third hardest schedule in the NFL and go 13-3, and three, this is a forever regime. This really is. I really hope that McDermott and Bean can stay as consistent as they have been, but with the moves that they have been making, with the culture that they have created, um, yeah, man, I'm sold. I am sold on these guys regardless of the outcome. This Saturday. What's the score tomorrow night? Mm. Okay. So I'm going to stay consistent. I've been saying this for all of my predictions. I'm saying 35-31. I will say that I hope that it's decided by four points. Because if, say for example, 
that um, there's 20 seconds left. We're up 35-33, and the Baltimore Ravens have final possession. Justin Tucker. Our 30 yard, oh, yeah, the second Justin yeah. Tucker walks onto that field with less than 15 seconds, I'm turning the TV off with that because I just know how that's going to play. He has I missed really kicks this year, though. He he missed a – I mean, he's missed some He in, in, in unrelated – uh, you know, news to the to the normal world. You know, he he has missed some. He's pushed some this year, uh, okay. but I but I'm with you. I don't want it to come down to that either, because then you're just you're, you're you're losing it. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, I see 35-31. My ideal situation would be um, that the Ravens score a last minute touchdown to make it 35-31, and then they just have a botched onside kick attempt. Micah Hyde, per usual, picks it up. Falls on his ass, and the Bills are on the way to the AFC Championship. That's uh, my ideal game right there. Yeah, right. A <laughs> couple more quickies here for Dan Mitchell, the co-host of Believe in Bills podcast with Aaron Williams, of course. Subscribe all over the major platforms and at Real Dan Mitchell on Twitter and get him on YouTube as well. Uh, what did you say when the Bills picked Josh Allen in the draft? And, and, and since that point, take me through the timeline of the emotion of that's my quarterback, right? Because that's what all the Bills fans say. That that's my quarterback. That's our guy. Now it's Allentown. There's T-shirts. You know, all the charity, the children's hospital, all the things that are going on. From then to now, tell me, tell me the the, the Dan Mitchell timeline. Oh yeah, man, he's a damn celebrity. So I mean, full transparency in the uh, right in that draft class, I wanted Josh Rosen. Thank God my wish wasn't. <laughs> thank God my wish wasn't granted. Uh, but I did like Josh Allen as well. I really did. I remember the college season prior to the draft. My dad and I were watching a Wyoming game, and the one thing that I loved about him, I really wasn't. Um, wasn't concerned about his statistics out of college. The one thing that I absolutely loved and what he ended up proving, even in 2018, is the kid essentially has ice in his veins. Once I started seeing this kid rack up um, his game-winning drives and really going on ahead and just putting the team on his back, showing that he wanted to win more than anything in the entire world, he's not going to pull a Cam Newton and not throw on a fumble, he would put his body on the line for the Buffalo Bills. And luckily, he has not only the arm talent, but the pure athleticism to back it up. Because... There's a lot of quarterbacks out there that have heart, but at the end of the day, the talent doesn't match it. Um, soon as when I just ended up seeing his ability to go on ahead and to really be able to drive his team down the field when it means most. Perfect example could even be last week, right before the first half ended. I mean, right then and there, I knew that this was the guy moving forward. I'm getting to a point where, say for example, that the Bills are down by a score and we have one last possession in the game, then I'm getting to a point where I know we're going to win. This is what 2020 has done to me. This is what Josh Allen has done to me. I trust my quarterback so much that when we need him, he's going to make a damn play. And, yeah, like, would say that I've been a believer, I'd say, uh, probably toward the end of 2018, 2019 added to that, and then 2020, there, there is no shadow of a doubt that he is our guy. Yeah, and you know you can go a bunch of different directions with when a quarterback takes the next step, and then the next step. <clears throat> you know, is it the intangibles, the pocket, the the footwork, all the things you hear Dan Orlovsky and the Craig Greg Cosells and all those people talk about? But with Allen, for me, it comes down to real. It's real simple. There's three things. One, he's unbelievable now at pre snap. 
from everything with, with you know, making people bite and jump off sides to, to changing plays, the audibles and all that's one, no particular order. Number two, he's unbelievable in the fourth quarter. And number three, he's phenomenal in the red zone. I don't need anything else because guess what? All the, all the other BS A to Z that all these analysts talk about and people who played the game and forgot more football than I know, all those things go inside the walls of those three things. So he's done those things incredibly well <clears throat> now oh yeah I, I don't know so if you quick question have you ever seen space jam before of course i have i'm 41 it's one of my favorites okay got it got it well i mean me and a buddy we were talking about it and we were like what if josh allen over the offseason like stole a bunch of powers from all <laughs> yeah right. and ended up like looking absolutely terrible this year but <laughs> yeah. i yeah. think that that was the perfect metaphor just to think of like Yes, I was expecting him to take a step this sure. year, but I was not, not this. expecting him to yep. take a yep. leap. I know. This year. I know. Not this. Sad. You know. You know the story with him ending up at, at Wyoming, right? You know how that happened. Yeah, like he like sent out like a thousand emails or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, but Wyoming at the time was really interested in Eric Dungey uh, out of Oregon, who was a six. Three six two six three quarterback, two hundred ten pounds, great athlete, football track in high school, and he was pretty much everybody thought he was going to go to Wyoming, and that was the that was like the radar pick, right? And Scott Schaefer of Syracuse flew across the country, and his staff, of course, and they swooped in and got Dungy, and then Wyoming, quote unquote, settled on Josh Allen, and that part, you know, that added to the whole chip on the shoulder with Allen. Wow! So Syracuse went out and got Dungy. They did. Wow. Yep. So we can. So at the end of the day, we can just thank the Cuse for Josh Allen being a Buffalo Bill today. Part of it. Say that we want to talk about you know the butterfly effect here. Part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Give give my listeners maybe a minute or two on plugging all your stuff, man. Your YouTube channel is incredible. Approaching eleven thousand subscribers. You're doing the Believe in Bills podcast with our man Aaron Williams. Take my listeners through it. Where can they find you? Follow the whole the whole kit and caboodle here, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I definitely appreciate you having me on. I always love talking Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, finding me is relatively easy. First off, with the podcast, with the Belief Podcast Network, um, definitely go follow that. It's, it's me and former safety Aaron Williams. We have, like, sort of like a comedy football-like podcast, I would say. So there's a lot of laughs. There's a lot of football. There's a lot of real-life stuff. I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, and then my YouTube channel is just my name, Dan Mitchell. Definitely go on ahead and check that out. I try and collaborate with as many other YouTubers that cover other teams as often as possible because I like giving you guys um, sort of a more balanced attack rather than trying to sound as biased. So that's always a pretty popular series. And then the best way to talk to me is via Twitter, and that's at Real Dan Mitchell. You can feel free and send me feedback. You can, you know, sit there and, you know, sort of just ask me questions during the game. We can just have some uh, some conversations that way, but that is the best way. Beautiful, man. Well, really appreciate it. Dan Mitchell, again, doing a great job with Aaron Williams on the Believe in Bills podcast all over the major platforms on YouTube at Real Dan Mitchell on Twitter. Dan, thanks so much. Go Bills. Go Bills. The NL Sports Platter is all over the major platforms. Don't forget to look me up on Facebook, Twitter, IGTV, YouTube, and TikTok 
for all of my ML Sports takes and 9-Minute with Mike Lindsley segments. We're brought to you by Hides of Liverpool. If you listen to this podcast and you're roaming around Central New York looking for lunch and dinner, use the code MLSP at the register or online for your curbside pickup and apparel at Hides of Liverpool. You'll get 10% off every single order at Hides of Liverpool. A big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to Ken's Auto Detailing and our great friends at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. It is time to bring in guest number two of the podcast. This podcast is loaded, by the way. Tyler Dunn, the terrific national NFL features writer. He is part of Go Long, and uh, make sure you subscribe right now at golongtd.com and follow Tyler on Twitter at TYDunn. That's at T-Y-D-U-N-N-E. Tyler, the playoffs, we're down to it, man. You're doing an unbelievable job. Just got done last night reading the Don Beebe Q&A, all the work that you've done. You just released a Stefan Diggs piece this morning uh, that uh, everybody should read as well. Thanks for jumping back on, brother. How are you? Great to be back, Mike. Thanks so much for that. And, and God, I feel bad. You know, we text all the time, and then I, I kind of ghost you for a couple days. I promise it was just work-related. It's good to be here chatting. I haven't forgot about you. Let's, let's make some magic here. Love it. Yeah, no doubt. And I should also mention with the uh, the platform Tyler's on, golongtd.com. Make sure that you do indeed subscribe to the podcast while you're there. The Bills will beat the Baltimore Ravens if. Finish the sentence. If they turn this game into a track meet, a shootout, uh, a game that you, you have to win through the air. And I think they do that by jumping out early. I mean, I could probably say that. You know, for any team, I love you know when people have a keys to the game graphic up on the screen, and it's like score more points. But <laughs> if the Bills come out throwing and get the Ravens on their heels and get up fourteen three, whatever, early on, it's going to be awfully difficult for the Ravens to keep up. I mean, we've seen it with Lamar Jackson. It is tough for him to play from behind. It hasn't happened happened often, but. You know, I think the Bills offensively are in a place where they're just obliterating everybody. If they prove early on that they can throw on Baltimore, I, I, I just can't see the Baltimore playing playing uh, catch up. I mean, it's just it, it's almost like you know, as James James Lofton uh, said in, in my story on Stephon Diggs, I thought he put it perfect. You know, the Bills have reached this place where it's they have to play us. You know, it's no longer oh, we got the Ravens on the schedule. Oh, we got to face. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. No, like they have to deal with the Bills, and that is a, a pretty glorious mindset to be in if you're the Bills. One they haven't been in since what 1993. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, it's the A game factor, isn't it? I mean, it's the A game factor. It's your A game, my A game. Who wins, right? It's the A game factor, yeah, and I yeah. think, and you know, Tyler, the thing in the postseason, it's 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 the it's the big core things: red zone offense, uh, turnovers, special teams. Uh, you know, the intangible mistake factor, those type of things, getting off the field on both sides on third down. You know, if you win 60% of those, you win the game. And the Bills against the Colts, they were kind of shaky. It was almost 50-50. But even though the national perception seems to be, in a lot of cases, well, the Bills got away with one. They should have lost. Allen had the fumble. They had, Well, yeah, but look at all the things the Colts didn't do against a Bills team that finally got their playoff win, and they won with their C game. So if the Bills play their A game, what the hell happens? It's so true. I mean, that's why this game is so fascinating. I mean, these are two teams. They're the two hottest teams in the league, but they're so hot. 
for, for totally different reasons. I mean, the Ravens are running for 200, 300 yards a game. They're just bludgeoning teams. They want to drag you into the back alley and mm-hmm. get the crap out of you. You know, they <laughs> yeah. got Lamar. They got Gus Edwards. They got J.K. Dobbins, who mm-hmm. is a star. Who, let's not forget the Bills could have drafted J.K. Dobbins, and they took A.J. Epinesa and waited or waited another round to take a running back. So that's, that's a nice little subplot today yeah, yeah. before this game. Um, but, but, yeah, to answer your question, like, I, I think if the Bills – if they bring their A game, I mean, they're going to be tough to stop. And I know it was a cl- close game against the Colts, and the fumble made it interesting. <laughs> if Terry Williams doesn't oh, land on yeah. it, that's all we're talking about. But it just kind of felt like every game feels to me like this inevitability factor where once this Bills offense gets rolling and you have that 14-point swing at the end of the first half, and they come out in the second half, and they're moving the ball, and they're spreading it out, and it doesn't even matter that they don't really run the ball at all. It, it's going to be tough for anybody to stop them. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, at home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bills. And, and you know me, I'm a big Lamar guy, big Ravens guy. I think this defense is nasty. It's just you kind of pick against the Bills at your own peril at this point. So you do so much with the NFL on the national scale, and we'll blitz through the other playoff games, no doubt about it. But before we do that, there's something that really bothers me. I'm sure you saw my tweet. I'm trying to calm down on the opinions. I'm trying to calm down on the F-words. I'm trying to get out of the cesspool. I've been listening to the Tyler Duns and the other people giving me the advice, right? But, like, the national media, what is wrong with people leading up to this week? We are in crunch time, dude. Like, we got eight teams left. They're all vying for the Super Bowl title. And people are spending more time on coaching vacancies and the upcoming NFL draft, Devontae Smith after the title game, where is he going to go, Trevor Lawrence versus Fields. What is happening? Instead of it being 60-40, you know, the wrong way to the right way, shouldn't it be at least reversed, maybe even 75-25, 85-15? The games are now, the here and now, the charge towards the Super Bowl. Does it bother you that the coaching vacancies and the upcoming draft are – in some parts, on some shows, in some articles, dominating NFL talk when we've got all this going on. Tyler, the here and now. You know what? I would love to just say exactly what you just said word for word because I could not agree more, Mike. It's it's so dumb. I mean, we see it all the time. Well, you know, it, it now, now it's like people don't even wait for the regular season to end. It's like as soon as a team is 3-7, and seven, like the talk around – Oh. The draft for that team. Talk around who's going to be the next head coach for that team that will dominate a news cycle, and it's ridiculous. Like, isn't the point of watching the NFL to see who wins and loses in the NFL? I mean, yeah. you've got some unbelievable matchups here, unbelievable just storylines to, to really dig into. And yeah, I mean, it's it, I, you know, it's, I was, my head was kind of in the sand working on this fun dick story this week, so I didn't necessarily see the examples that, you, that you're talking about, but I know what you mean. It's, it's like, on and I'm on and on, though, with this stress. stuff. Yeah, it's like Tuesday morning. It was like, Devontae Smith, let's talk about that, the entire interview with some of these people. And I'm going, hey, uh, knock, knock, Saturday, there's some games, dudes. Like, you know, yeah. like, come on. It, it, it's aggravating. Um, Tyler Dunn, go along, uh, incredible platform, download the pod and read all the articles, subscribe as well. Uh, to Tyler uh, and the gang, go long td.com at ty done on Twitter. That's d u double n e. Let's just blitz through these games quick. All right, I'm just going to give you the game. You throw me maybe a key or two, and who wins? Rams Packers. Packers at Lambeau Field. You can't really 
bet against the likely MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's just been, you know, in an FU kind of mode mm-hmm. <laughs> from day one, really since the draft, when they drafted his replacement. See, there's a draft storyline to talk about. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know what? The Rams got the best defense in the NFL. They might make it interesting, but I, I just can't see Aaron Rodgers, given the narrative of this season and how much he does care about that narrative. I can't see him losing the first playoff game at home. Okay, next up, Browns and Chiefs. People are getting, like, rock hard over this game. Huh? I mean, my God, the spread's like 10, I think. Chiefs, can they defend it? By the way, Andy Reid's 7-0 and against Cleveland, but why is that a talking point? Because everybody has been 7-0 and at one point against Cleveland. Um, who wins this game, ground and pound versus my – this is weird. This is almost like Bills-Ravens in a way, isn't it? It is. It's, it's you know two contrasting styles. You've got a Chiefs team. It feels like they haven't played a meaningful game in years. Um, you've got a Browns team that had to fight and claw their way to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they're ravaged by COVID. And there, nobody gives them a shot in hell against Pittsburgh, and they dominate Pittsburgh. You know, I, I can be talking to this game. Trust me. I mean, I can absolutely see a path for the Cleveland Browns to win. Just last night, I was talking to um, Eric Metcalf and Leroy Horde. You know, a couple of oh, greats. Just. Yeah. Just to get a sense for the team. And, um, you know, granted, they are obviously pulling for the Browns, but the way they kind of break it down, it, you can see the Browns winning. If they can turn it into their kind of game, and, and let's face it, they've been in their kind of game for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they, they, I believe in momentum. I believe in staying fresh. And, and there's not going to be a period of feeling out like the Chiefs are going to have to be in. Like, it's we, we all remember the Chiefs falling into that. 24 to nothing hole against the Texans in the mm. divisional round a year ago. You know, if they fall into a similar hole, the Browns aren't going to squander that that lead um, the way they're built. I, at the end of the day, similar to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I'm taking Patrick Holmes and the Chiefs just because he's, he's so good. I mean, he's he's Michael Jordan. He, he should win MVP every year. But, um, I, you know, I would not be surprised if the Browns shocked the world. I'll say that. Okay, here we go. Buccaneers Saints. <clears throat> and it's hilarious because a couple weeks ago, a few weeks back, you, I don't know if you remember this, the Buccaneers-Lions game, Brady had a really good game, no doubt, but the Lions secondary quit. He was throwing bombs uh, over the top. He was throwing them underneath. He looked really good. And since that point, he's looked obviously amazing. I did a YouTube video, and of course, you got to have the trolls come out to go search videos from weeks ago. Oh, this didn't age well, LOL. And what people don't understand is you can actually be a shitty athlete and be a great pocket passer at the same time. That's Brady. That's Peyton Manning, right? You can be a shit athlete and still be an elite quarterback all time. Well, we've got two elite ones here. Bree's a little bit more mobile. Saints home for the Bucks. Another football orgasm. What do you got? <laughs> it is. It is. It's uh, To me, what makes this game so interesting is – what led each of these teams to this moment? I mean, the Bucks they basically just went into the lab and started combining different chemicals and potions. And, you know, they freaking they signed Tom Brady. They, they, they get Antonio Brown, for crying out loud. They mm. coax Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. They signed, what, Leonard Fournette, um, Shady McCoy. And it's kind of like they – I mean, this isn't a knock on them. I mean, credit to them for putting this all together. But it kind of just came out of thin air. Where the Saints, I feel like it's been such a grind to this point. I mean, you're talking three straight, brutal, excruciating – Rip the heart out of your chest losses in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Minneapolis miracle, the Nikel Roby Coleman penalty that wasn't called, losing to the Vikings at home. Um, 
they're really hardened, I think, for this game at this moment that in a way that you, you, you kind of saw during the regular season. I mean, they have Tampa's number. Um, it's always hard to beat a three, team three times. I get it. But I really feel like the Saints just have Tampa figured out and that mental you know, fortitude from getting your parts ripped out three years in a row, I think that means more than just signing Tom Brady. Like the, the Tampa did. Go longs Tyler Dunn with us. I got two quickies on quarterback stuff, and then I'll let you run. I know how swamped you are here getting into the weekend. The, oh, the, the first of which is Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen thing. I Baker, you know, he ha- he hadn't played in one yet, but Allen lost one. He was 0-1 in the playoffs, and Lamar was 0-2. And it was an 0-3. Oh, my gosh, they got to win it. They got to get over the hump. They have to this. They have to that. I mean, <laughs> the quarterback position is out of control in the NFL. Two years into the NFL, these guys had played a few games. That's it. Just three. You you, you grow. You play. You learn. Uh, it's the big stage. You're on the road. It's a different deal. There's more media. The week leading up to it. it, it your, your, your schedule's different. It, it's the playoffs, man. It's different. It's like being married and then being married with a kid. I mean, it's just, it's different. So... Why? When did we get to the point where everybody has to win their first freaking playoff game? What? What? what um, you know? Anybody want to dial back to Peyton Manning? Like Tyler, this is this is crazy. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, like nobody can really argue with the fact that Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are damn good quarterbacks. Like, if they would have lost, they would have lost. You know, right. and they, you know they could have. Those are two close games. If you know. If Arthur Smith and the Titans adjust in that game and start throwing the ball instead of trying to run Derrick Henry into a brick wall every play, maybe, maybe they do beat Baltimore. And if Phillip Rivers hits Michael Pittman Jr. in the back of the end zone on fourth down at the mm-hmm. end of the first half, and they go up 17-7 at halftime, and they're rolling, maybe the Colts do win at Bills Stadium. And it, it, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, Lamar was an MVP candidate the last month of the season, and Josh Allen was an MVP candidate the whole season. I'll, I'll say this, though, like, and I've, I've kind of come around on this point. There is a difference between like regular season football and playoff football. I just think that you know, the more you talk to just players and coaches and scouts, they all say again and again and again, like it, it, it's just a different intensity, a different speed. Everything changes. The way the games are called is different. The pressure is different. When you're on the field, you just know on third and eight what's at stake in certain moments. And some players can rise to that moment, and some can't. It's not a coincidence that Kirk Cousins uh, has the record he does on Monday Night Football. I mean, you you saw him go ballistic when he beat the Bears on Monday night this year. (laughs) I mean, that that was in the back of his mind. And and it's, you know, I've I've had people – uh, tell me that, that I've coached him, that he's somebody, his heart rate just kind of tends to spike a little bit in those moments. Like, mm-hmm. They just seems more nervous. So in that sense, like the fact that Josh Allen did go out there and, you know, that one play notwithstanding had an exceptional game mm-hmm. after that Texans game we saw mm-hmm. last year. To, to me, that is a pretty big step. I, I think that you can't minimize um, that as a breakthrough moment for him and for Lamar Jackson to, to get his win. Do you buy into the word legacy and moving up and down the ladder and the lists and the Mount Rushmore and all this stuff for, like, the Drew Brees. Like, Brady, okay, Tom Brady, we're good. We, you could lose. You're good. We know you. But, like, Drew Brees wins another Super Bowl. What does that mean? Aaron Rodgers, another Super Bowl. What does that mean? Mahomes already, if he wins another Super Bowl, is he already a top 5, 10 type guy? I mean, are, do do you buy into get one more and then this? Do you buy into he doesn't have one, he needs one to get here? Do you buy into all that stuff? 
I've got to come around on that too. Like I used to always dismiss that whole conversation as just kind of ridiculous and, and stupid. And you know, it probably it probably is. But I, you know, what, what do we remember about the great quarterbacks? It's whether or not they have Super Bowls. I mean, that's how you kind of separate some quarterbacks from other quarterbacks. And look, as great as Aaron Rodgers has been in his career, he won. One Super Bowl in his second year as a starter, and he's gone a decade since without winning one. And you can't label him as the greatest thrower of the football, whatever term you want to use, of all time. If if you keep coming up short, and yeah, I get it, people love to make excuses for him, and m- many of them are justified. The defense has um, historically been pretty soft in those January moments. Mike McCarthy is kind of a dunce in some of those moments. Um, but guess what? They've got a team around him now that can win. Yeah. Uh, they've got a pass rusher. They've got a top three corner, maybe the best corner. Um, they've got weapons everywhere. I mean, they got Devontae Adams is arguably oh. the best receiver in football. And, 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 and Robert Tunney, like, look, he's not Travis Kelsey, but guess what? He catches everything thrown to him. His catch rate's like the best in the NFL. Um, they, he's got guys around MVS. He's got Alan Lazard. He's got a three-headed monster running back. So I, I think if Aaron Rodgers were to go out there and have a, a loss to the Rams and Jerry Goff and his broken thumb. Um, yeah, I think that does affect how you look at a quarterback like him historically. Like, this is where legacies are made. It's not me saying those words. Aaron Rodgers has said those words. So, on the flip side, if he goes out there, wins a Super Bowl, um, you know, a decade after winning his first one, hell yeah, you got to move him up your, your mental rankings of quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, we do separate him when you get up to the top of the elite of the elite, unless you're comparing Dan Marino to Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer to Jim Kelly, right? So the, those, those very, are the, you know, it, the, I mean, those are the ones where it's like, come on, man. You know, and, and in baseball, it's like, oh, well, hey, all the players on a roster, they're mid-level players. You have a ring. Ernie Banks and Ted Williams don't. Like, come on. You know, like, what what are we doing here? I, I got to sneak in one more one one minute or so here, if you have it. Sure, oh, absolutely. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott. We we all had. I'm going to end with the Bills. I started with the Bills. I'm going to end with the Bills. We all have our moments when the new regime comes in, and we ask all the questions, and and obviously all the horrible decisions, GMs, head coaches that have gone wrong for the Bills. This one has has been completely the other way and been completely right. Not necessarily when you bought in to both of these guys, but. I mean, is this it, Tyler? Like, do we have our answers now where we can say the Bills are going to be hanging around? They're going to be a factor. They're going to be in the playoffs multiple years. They're going to, you know, be vying for a Super Bowl multiple times in, in, in this era. I mean, are we here? Is this longevity? Is this sustainability? Because, yeah, you make your mark in the playoffs, but it's it's how you get to the playoffs. It's the sustainability and, and, and the longevity, you know, Spurs and War. And I know I'm naming dynasties here, Patriots, Spurs, Warriors, you know, the Niners of the 80s, etc. But is this team like a hang-around problem for everybody else, playoff team year in, year out? Is the sustainability here? Or, or, or do you believe that now? Is, is, is it here? I do. I okay. mean, I think uh, because of Josh Allen's maturation, which I'm going to be honest, has shocked me. Me too. I me mean, too. You just haven't seen a jump in accuracy ever from any quarterback, and that's a credit to him. The work he did with Jordan Palmer, all, all of that. And it's Stephon Diggs, it's it's unbelievable, like how this really was a perfect storm, how everything went so, so wrong in Minnesota. He gets out of there, how the Bills just kept swinging and swinging and swinging at wide receiver. They finally hit. It, it's a perfect union. you got to basically get both players a blank check. And I, I think that they're, they're, they're both good enough 
if they're here, the Bills will always be contending. But um, it, it, it does get interesting after you pay the quarterback because they've had the luxury of just spending on whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, you know, drafts, the, their drafts haven't been exceptional either. I mean, they've missed on some guys they've signed. They've missed on some, some high picks. I know Ed Oliver makes a big play every third game, but, you know, you ISO on him, and he's, he's mostly getting bowled over, and that's a top-ten pick. So I, that's where it gets interesting. After you pay these guys, and you really have to rely on your draft picks to play immediately, um, it's going to get tougher. Uh, you, you see it with, you know, think about, like, Seattle, for example. You know, they pay Russell Wilson. Yes, Obviously, you're going to pay Russell Wilson. Uh, but at the same time, it got tough for them to adjust and to evolve. I mean, the Legion of Boom kind of broke up, and the defense went through a transition, and they still were kind of running the ball, but no, now they're going to let them cook. But no, they're going to let them run. They still haven't really figured it out, as, as even though they've been winning division titles here and there. So I, it, it, it gets tougher. But I will say, to answer your question, yes, they will be a force as long as Josh Allen is quarterback, as long as Stephon Diggs is the wide receiver, because they're perfect for the modern NFL. I mean, you're just going to throw it to you puke. Well, that's incredible. I, 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 It's a great answer, and Seattle is the example when you start talking about paying the quarterback, how the rest of the roster is affected. I mean, you, do, you, do you cut John Brown? Do you go to defense and wait people? It's going to be incredibly fascinating to watch and that shark Brandon Bean is going to have to keep biting (laughs) because that's going to be a major challenge. Tyler Dunn, the National Features writer uh, for the National Football League, NFL Insider, golongtd.com. Make sure you go read and subscribe at T.Y. Dunn on Twitter and some of the stuff that you'll read on Go Long, it's unbelievable. He's got a Q&A up there with Don Beebe, uh, the Packers story, the Viking story with Zimmer, the Drew Bledsoe unfiltered, and just this morning, hop on, the perfect storm, how Stefan Diggs changed everything in Buffalo. Tyler Dunn, Go Long. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you, Mike. Anytime, man. Love talking. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College for every and in life. Bryant and Stratton College, two and four year degrees are starting soon. Make sure you get hooked up with Bryant and Stratton College. The results are terrific for every and in life. Bryant and Stratton College, and make sure you follow the Bobcats on social media as well. All their sports teams and more. BSCBobcats.com is the website. Thanks also to the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Camillus Golf Club. Hides of Liverpool and our great friends at CNY Electrical, Greater Central New York area. You need that commercial and residential electrical work. Be sure to reach out to Sean and the team, 315-297-1514, 315-297-1514cnyelectrical.com. Third guest of the podcast, let's bring him in, the terrific NHL on NBC play-by-play man Kenny Albert also does great work calling the NFL on Fox and uh, is really still to this day the only play-by-play man to call all four professional sports at the same time, NHL, NBA, NFL, uh, and Major League Baseball in the dog days of summer. And now that hockey is underway, uh, Kenny had the Penguins and Flyers game to kick things off. We're going to end it here with a few minutes uh, getting the puck dropped once again in 2021. Kenny, welcome aboard. Thanks so much. Uh, great to be with you, Mike. How are you? I'm well. Uh, hockey's back, which makes us all smile as well. I know you're pumped up and 
off and running here. Uh, just early takeaways, and I, I know Penn's Flyers you had early. Uh, what do you make here of these clubs uh, this season in a shortened year, a weird year? And uh, again, even though the NHL is losing a bunch of money, it, it, it is really just great to see the game back, and guys just seem like they haven't missed a beat. These athletes are just something else to watch. Well, it sure is great to see them back on the ice, Mike. As you said, it is a different year, short training camp, no preseason games. They got right into it with the regular season openers a couple of days ago. And, you know, this year, teams are only going to play against, uh, if you're a U.S.-based team, seven other teams. And if you're up in Canada, you're only going to play six other teams uh, within your division, uh, you know, to keep the travel, uh, you know, a lot easier as far as uh, all of the protocols and keeping everybody safe and healthy. So you only play within your division. And I, I think it's going to have the feel of the original six years, uh, you know, pre-1967 when the NHL expanded from six to 12 teams, uh, it was a 16 league and you played five teams, uh, 12, 14, 16 times a year. So uh, this year, for example, um, the teams in the three divisions in the United States, uh, they're going to play their seven division rivals eight times a year. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You'll also play within your division in the first two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, you mentioned the game that I worked on Wednesday night, the season opener in Philadelphia, the Flyers and the Penguins. and uh, The Flyers look real strong. They won the game 6-3. Uh, they have some terrific young players. Uh, Joel Farabee, a second-year player who grew up in the Syracuse area, had four points, a goal and three assists. Uh, spent one year at Boston University, working here with the Flyers last year. Uh, Flyers wound up scoring three goals in the third period to win that game. Penguins obviously have some, some of the, you know, greatest players of all time in, in Sidney Crosby now in his 16th season Getty Malkin in his 15th year they have a young goaltender in Tristan Jari who was an all-star last year they brought in a couple of uh, defensemen Mike Matheson and Cody Cece and uh, two or three new forwards up front so they're going through some more changes than the Flyers are the Flyers get back Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom uh, Patrick missed all of last season Lindblom only played 30 games underwent cancer treatments so uh, a great story. Both of those players scored in the first game. And then last night, uh, I worked the Rangers-Islanders game on the radio side, another rivalry dating back to the early 70s. They'll see each other eight times this year, and the Islanders got off to a good start with a 4 nothing win. So I brought it up to you not too long ago. I brought it up to former players, Marty Biron, and, and a host of, of people, You know just how fast and and how skilled and how big and how young this league is. I've never seen it this way, you know, the combination of all those things. Then I flip on last night, Capitals and the Sabres. I'm watching a little of the Rangers and the Islanders. I'm watching the Lightning and the Blackhawks the night before, and I'm watching your game with the Flyers and the Pens. And I'm going... These guys had time off. Like these, some of these guys haven't played in how long? And 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 they, Kenny, they look faster. I mean, is is the game getting even faster? It's hard to believe. It is getting younger, Mike. It's getting faster. I felt the same way back in July and August, heading into the bubble, uh, when these teams all got together, the playoff teams, for about two weeks and had abbreviated training camps, and then they played one preseason game prior to the playoffs in Toronto and Edmonton. And, uh, they stepped right in and looked like they hadn't missed a beat. And it was four or five months you know, since they played those last games on March 10th, 11th, and 12th uh, prior to the shutdown um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I agree. Uh, the league has certainly gotten younger and faster. Um, the Rangers, for example, are the youngest team in the league. When you look at their average age, 25.5. They had two 19-year-olds in the lineup last night. 
Capo Caco, who was the second overall pick last year, and Alexei Lafreniere, who was the first overall pick in the draft this year. So uh, it's a young man's league, and great to see some of these new players uh, breaking in, and they'll be a lot of fun to watch over the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah, what do you see in Lafreniere? I mean, a lot of people love, obviously, his overall skill set, but he has the potential to just bowl over people, right, when he gets into the zone. Well, from all accounts, he's, he's mature, you know, beyond his years. He's 19, but um, he acts like a, a 25 or 30-year-old, both on and off the ice. And uh, Last night, made his debut in the NHL, uh, started the game on a line with Filipino and Julian Gauthier moved around a little bit. So uh, it's only one game so far, so hard to judge. But, uh, you know, from all accounts, uh, hopefully for the Rangers' sake, he's going to have a, a terrific NHL career. So Madison Square Garden is obviously one of the terrific arenas in the country, and you look at the, you know, the arena. I saw your your tweet last night. Um, what was it like walking in there with not a lot of people around? Well, it was my third time. I've been in there for two Knicks basketball games, and uh, you know, as far as the the health and safety protocols, they're doing a great job. Everybody who enters the building takes a COVID test uh, before being allowed in. So uh, mine was scheduled for 3.30 yesterday, uh, right in the garden. And uh, once you receive your negative result, uh, you're allowed into the building. So uh, that's what we all went through yesterday. Broadcasters, security guards, writers, anybody entering the building, team staff. Uh, So uh, they have everybody's health and safety as the top priority. And then, uh, to be honest, Mike, once you get in there, it's bizarre. Similar to what I went through in Edmonton in the bubble when I was calling games in an empty arena. Uh, Similar to what I went through during many NFL weekends in empty stadiums. Some of the games I called, uh, there were fans on hand. uh, 5,000 in some places, 30,000 for one game in Dallas a couple of weeks ago. Uh, But it's really strange. uh, Calling the game from the garden last night from our usual location up on the Chase Bridge and looking down and seeing the blue tarp over all of the seats in the lower bowl, but, um, you know, hopefully with, with the vaccine on the way and uh, some have already uh, received the vaccine, obviously, around the Northeast and around the country, hopefully the fans are back in sooner rather than later. Um, you know, it's real quiet. I have the headset on while I'm calling the game, and, and there is some crowd noise piped in uh, to the broadcasts on the TV and radio side, but I did take the headset off on occasion, and it's really quiet in the building, and I've, I've talked about it with coaches um, in the bubble, they had to adjust uh, their tone of voice when calling out instructions from the bench because the other team can hear you, the players and the coaches on the other bench. Now the coaches are required to wear masks, which makes it an even bigger challenge because when they call out uh, the next line or the next defense pairing, for example, it's not as easy to understand somebody when they're speaking with a mask on. So there are definite challenges. It's weird being in the empty building, but uh, you know the bottom line is it's great that the NHL and the NBA is, is back up and running, and uh, although the NBA's had some blips on the radar with canceled games, and um, you know, hopefully that's not the case with the NHL, but we'll see what happens as we move along during this 56-game regular season. But it's terrific that they've started up again. The NFL got through the regular season; they're into the divisional round of the playoffs. So, um, you know, at least it gives the fans and, and the media some semblance of normalcy, being able to watch all these games. Fox Sports, MSG Network, NBC, play-by-play. It's Kenny Albert with us here. Rangers and Knicks, MLB, NFL, NHL, you name it, on Twitter, at Kenny Albert. 
You know, you know what I want to see, Kenny? I want to see a screenshot of your calendar. I mean, day to day, week to week, game to game, city to city. I don't know how you do it. I, I, are you, you got green highlighter, yellow highlighter, orange highlighter. I mean, how do you do it? It's a good question, Mike. I actually have right in front of me, I'm looking at it at my desk, a printout of January and February, oh. uh, which includes uh, most Ranger games, some mm. Nick games, and some NBC games. Now, the big difference this year is there's hardly any travel. Uh, we are calling right. all of the road games uh, from a studio in New York. So in prior years, it's it's been even more hectic with, with half of the games that I worked on the road and uh, taking flights either with the team on their charter or commercial flights uh, when I'm headed elsewhere. So it, it, it's great to be back to work with, with such a heavy volume, but it's, it's, it's kind of bizarre uh, to not be traveling. I did drive to Philadelphia the other day. I have a, a game in uh, Pittsburgh next month. Um, but most of the games are either at MSG, in the studio at MSG, or uh, many of the NBC games we're going to be calling off monitors in Stanford. So, um, you know, it, it's obviously to keep everybody safe and healthy and to limit uh, the number of members of the traveling party with the team. So uh, that's how it's going to work this year, you know, during this new normal period. Uh, hopefully by next season we're back to what we're used to as far as traveling around and calling games because it's, Obviously, a lot better for, for everybody if, if we're in the arena, um, uh, you know, as opposed to calling games off monitors. But we're making the best of it. So as far as the schedule and the calendar, uh, yes, it's 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 uh, pretty full over the next few months. But uh, 95 to 98 percent of the games uh, it, it involves no travel. Now, does this help you at home or hurt you at home? Like, are people are are people sick of you at home? You get the hell out of the house, get out of here, go do the games, or is it? Oh, we're still, let let's have another home cooked meal at. Well, for you, it would have to be at four o'clock, right? Your meal, but um, d- does it help you or hinder you? <laughs> well, I think after 146 straight days at home uh, between mid March and early August, get out of here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think they were happy to get rid of me when I went up to Edmonton for 37 days. Uh, to call the games in the bubble. All right, all right. Uh, huge news, by the way, personally, right? Your your daughter, I believe, is is off to Wisconsin. Uh, she will be in the in the fall. That's that's, cool. that's my uh, younger daughter, Sydney. My right. older daughter, Amanda, as you know, uh, is in her senior year at Syracuse that's University. Right. And yep. Looking forward to get back up, uh, getting back up there in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Hey, what do you see when you watch Connor McDavid play hockey? Oh, just a tremendous talent. Um, you know, unfortunately, the Oilers were eliminated early in the playoffs, so I didn't have much of a chance to see him in person in Edmonton. But uh, such a skilled player, um, you know, one of the fastest skaters of all time. You know, we've seen uh, over the last few years in the skills competition at the All-Star Game, guys like McDavid and McKinnon uh, in Colorado, just so much fun to watch. Final question for you in the last minute or so. Are there teams, you think, Kenny, uh, who are more suited in any way, shape, or form for a shorter schedule, shorter season, get right into the postseason? Are there any teams like that? Plus, you know, the division set up and all the rest, you know, competition, you're playing the same teams all the time. Are there any teams out there that are made for this for this season the way it is? That's a good question, Mike. You know, it's probably obviously too early to tell with uh, only, only two days into the regular season, but I think that will certainly be the case uh, for some teams um, who don't have to go the long haul, 82 games in the regular season. They'll peak at the right time. The goaltending will be peaking at the right time. I think back to the lockout in 94-95, and the New Jersey Devils won the Stanley Cup that year, and it was a 48-game regular season. And uh, Some of their players talked about the fact that um, you know they felt that the, the shortened season actually benefited them, and they peaked. 
peaked at the right time heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that could certainly be the case with, with some teams this year for sure. No doubt, at Kenny Elbert on Twitter, Fox Sports, MSG, NBC, every sport, you name it, Rangers, Knicks, across the board. Kenny, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Continued success. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. Uh, to you and your listeners, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, look forward to uh, continuing to call and watch these games, and uh, look forward to doing this again soon as well. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friend Brian Conboy at Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today all over LinkedIn and Facebook, advisors.massmutual.com. We're super pumped about our financial future with Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Axe Exotic Pets, Ken's Auto Detailing, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Stanley Law Offices. Log on to stanleylawoffices.com. It's personal and it's simple. Just call Joe. Huge, huge thanks to Dan Mitchell, to Tyler Dunn, and to Kenny Albert. What a podcast this was. I'm Mike Lindsley. Get it all over the major platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, and anywhere else you get your podcasts on your smartphone device. Leave that five-star review and the feedback. It helps a ton. And get me on the major platforms for my 9-Minute with Mike Lindsley videos and ML Sports Takes, Twitter, Facebook, IGTV, TikTok, and on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the guests. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshall's. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.